Hi, my name is Ian Parry and welcome to What the Future, the podcast produced by Future Leaders Mentoring. We have a clear mission to create an inclusive and diverse community that enables individuals to unlock their potential and develop their career. Today, we're chatting with Joseph Ifiagubu in one of our first and special podcast series in looking at leaders' life stories. Hi, Joseph. Hey, and how you doing? Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good. I'm really looking forward to this one. You, you, you've got a fascinating uh, story so far, I should say so far. Um, <laughs> and I'm really looking forward to sort of getting into it with you today. So thanks for your time. Um, and let's get, let, let's get into it. So, um, Joseph, tell us a little bit about who you are and what your role is today. Yeah, so I'm Joseph Ifiegu. I am one of the the co-founders and CEO of Equitable. I am, um, you know, by I am a data scientist by training. Yeah. Uh, I'm someone that loves, you know, soccer and hiking, um, and um, you know, heritage from Nigeria. So you know, my parents, my parents still live there. Uh, my grandparents as well. So yeah, that's that's a bit about me. Um, cool. Yeah, and in other parts of the world, obviously, it would be football rather than soccer, I suppose. Oh yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> football. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Cool. Okay, good to good to know. Um, and, and 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 tell me something. So so thinking about you know obviously your 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 roots and your your family uh, living in Nigeria. Tell us about your sort of your first memory growing up. Let's let's hear a bit a bit more about you. Yeah, so, so it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, I don't remember a lot, a lot, like, you know, like in terms of when I was younger, but there was two memories that, that, I, that I still remember. Um, so one, the, the, I think the first one, I don't know which one is first, but the first one I would say is I, I went back home. So we, live in, we lived in Lagos, which is the, you know, the main, one, main cities in Nigeria. That's yeah. where my parents and I um, we, we lived, I'm um, the first of six, so I have five siblings, um, wow. three brothers and two sisters. Yeah. yeah nice. And so, and I think at this time, I think it was, it was me. I think my mom was, was pregnant with my brother. And so we went home to visit my, my dad's dad. So my granddad, um, mm. um he's, he's passed on now. Um, but, and I remember he was so happy to see me and he, you know, he carried me and he put me on his on his lap and oh, wow. we were just talking. Right? And so I remember that I remember that so fondly because oh, I, you know, when I, you know, when I talked to my dad, um, you know, I was asking last time I went home, I was asking my dad, like, dad, like tell me more about grandpa. Like, how was he? Like, because that was a memory I remembered, right? And it was such a warm memory. And so I mean, I'm trying to know about this, this man that was, and and he was just telling me all these stories about him and how he he liked farming and he was such a, he was such a good man and he was fair and all this other cool stuff. And it was really, it was really just beautiful. Right. So that was one, one of the memories I, I have. I and mean, the second memory I remember was a bit more hilarious. So we were, I think it might've been maybe even on the same trip back home. Yeah. Uh, maybe it might've been that, but and again, I don't know if I was maybe two, three, somewhere like it was pretty, I was pretty young, not more than three. And we were at the airport. And I remember I used to like this because I have pictures of it too. Um, there's this like jacket, this brown little jacket and shorts that I, combination that I had, you know, I was like, yeah, yeah I look good, you know. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so I saw this politician and I recognized him because 
my parents always used to watch the news on the TV. Yeah. Okay. And I would sit down with them and watch it because I wanted to feel like an adult. I was, yeah. I was like, oh, this is what I get, this is what adults watch, so I will watch. So there's all this politician that I will always see on TV. And, I, and so I saw him like, oh, I recognize him. And I walked up to him and I like tapped him and I started asking him questions about what he was saying on the TV. So like, I don't remember what I was asking. Apparently he was yeah. so impressed that he like gave me money. At the end he was like, oh, you're like a kid asking me all these advanced questions and here's like 20 bucks or something. I was like, okay. And I walked, and I felt like proud. And those are two of the memories that I remember. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. That's really cool. Um, and, and obviously people are listening to you and I think they'll be able to hear the smile in your voice, but just you know, the, the, as you were talking about your, your, your granddad there, you know, your face, changes you know and how your all your body i can yeah. just see you know you yeah. as you've got such fondness for those memories yeah um sure. so thanks for sharing those with us that's really nice okay um so you've given us a little bit of a flavor for you know the sort of movement you know personal movement you've gone through in your career so far but you know tell us a little bit more you know how would you how would you describe the journey to your current role now like physical and and sort of emotional, I suppose. Oh man, um, it's it's been it's been long. It's been a long and to, to some degree tiring journey, right? Like I've gone through so much um, to to get here. So I, you know, I had I had this vision, um, and you know, it's so funny because I you know, I had a book and I still had a book that I wrote down all these things that I wanted to do when I was, and this was you know this was in. 2007 somewhere there so it was and I was reading it I was reading I, I was reading the book loud like you know going back to the diary and looking at the stuff because I was cleaning up my my house and, mm. and I, so I remember I was like oh this is why I wrote some of my dreams and things that I had like uh, that 10 15 20 years from now and I started reading through some of the things and I was like oh my gosh I did that I did that I did and I became so emotional I bet because sometimes you write these things down and these things you want to do and you know you have it in there and sometimes you just you just forget, like okay, you know that that's what you want to do. And I, I, I it's not a book I was looking at every day. It was a thing I just, you know, I wrote down a lot of my fears, a lot of my hopes, my aspirations, and you know that that that, that diary finishes. I, I get a new one, and so you know, years will pass, and then what you know, you go back, you're like, wow, like these are the things that I wrote down, and all of those things happened, and then some. Yeah. So I got really emotional. It was, but it was, it was just, just it's the beauty of life, right? Like, it's just like, it's, it's incredible um, because in 2017, um, and this was one of the hardest times in my life, um, you know, we're going through a lot as a family, um, you know, I, I didn't actually quite know if I was actually going to even finish college, right? Because um, at some point we actually, actually couldn't afford for me to go to school. <laughs> so I actually had to drop out. Okay. Um, so I, I dropped out of <clears throat> um for for almost two years um because we couldn't afford we barely could afford to eat <laughs> uh, and this is maybe one of the first podcasts i'm saying something like this but we barely could afford to eat not you know forget about school like it was basically you know just and at the time i would i would i would walk around like you know I, you know like i would walk around there's this little stores that would have these like magazines so you have the Forbes magazine you have magazines about like startups and founders doing all this cool stuff and there was one of the guys um that had one of those little stores that will have the magazines and 
And the little money I have, maybe I'll I'll buy like maybe a cookie or something, and I'll just like take all the magazines and I'll just chat with him and I'll just read it there because I couldn't buy it. I uh, couldn't afford to buy it. But I will see these cool founders. This is 20, like doing like doing all these cool companies. And I used to like dream of, I'm like, I want to build a cool start, like a startup that would change people's lives that would, you know, like like just something cool, right? Yeah. Change lives, give jobs to people. I kind of, I used to, this was 2007. At the time I was out of school, like I hadn't even finished high school, but I was having these dreams of building something Amazing. in the US, right? I was like, yeah. I want to build something, right? So I'm like, that'd be pretty cool to do that. I'm like, then, you know, then all of a sudden, you know, your, your, your stomach growls and you're like, okay, back to reality. Like, <laughs> you know, you're like, this is, yeah. So, you know, but, Somehow, you know, I, you know, I would sit down and I'll write these things down and um, it, you know, somehow like things worked out. I was able to go back to school. I was able to finish, to take the, take the exams, take the SATs, got really good scores, um, got a scholarship to come to the U.S. to play soccer, you know, came here, even in the process of, you know, being in the U.S. and going to school and being an athlete had his own challenges as well. Yeah. And then all the way finished, went to business school, finished, had this job, had that job, you know, learning from all of that. <laughs> and this is some rice, like learning from all of that. And then yeah. landing here, which and uh, being one of the co-founders of a company that's gone through Y Combinator and raised $3 million. The, the 2007 Joseph and now, when it went like looking at me now, it's it's a dream. Yeah, um, I've just been so lucky. Like just, yeah. I, I I when I think about it, it's just like it's a dream. So mm. yeah, <laughs> and it just that's that's a bit of the journey there. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's a fantastic story. And I know um, when we first started talking about this podcast, I knew that your story was a fascinating one. I didn't quite appreciate exactly how, um, but it's but it's interesting. the The podcast that we've done so far with other leaders, the the word "lucky" is used quite often. Yeah, and, and actually, I wonder how much of that luck is derived from all the hard work and commitment and effort you put into things. And as 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 humans, we we attribute luck to things that are actually more like hard work, focus, mm-hmm. commitment, because no doubt all of that effort, all of that work you put into things has created where you are and you reflect on it as I feel lucky compared to 2007, Joseph. Mm-hmm. But you've been through such a journey and, and put in so much effort to get to where you are right now, haven't you? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you... You know, to go anywhere, you have to put in work, right? I mean, you know, for example, when uh, <laughs> so I've been I've been out of school for almost two years, um, and and you know, my parent come back, they come home one day, and like, oh, some things have worked out. We have some money. Um, you can go back to school. Now, there was a thing in me that I'm like, well, how much money did they really have? Because oh, you can go back to school and then start from where you stopped, right? Because I was like, so so everyone that I went to school with was that was their final year, right? They were they were basically they had like 
one and a half semesters left to finish and take the exam. And then they were saying, well, go back and start from the, the, the first, because there's first of two years, then mm. you graduate, right? Start from that, so you have two years to, to. And I said, no, because I was out of fear. I said, no, I'm like, if I start, if I do the first year and then you run out of money again, then I'm stuck again. Yes. I told them, just put me in the second year, <laughs> right? They're like, you only, there's only a, a semester and a half to do like two years worth of work. Like pretty much the people, most of the, everyone is done teaching. They just study for the exams now. I'm like, I'm just going to do it. And so I went to a different school. I talked to the, to the, to the, um, to the dean. And the dean was like, what are you talking about? Like, we've pretty much, we just started to do mock exams, right? Like you, you, we're done teaching. Like there's no ways you can, I told him, I'm like, do you want the money for school fees or not? Like. And he was like, all right. I mean, for him, it was my loss if I failed. Yes. So yeah. I'd be paid. My parents, everyone was really like, we well, not quite sure. What I did was I took all the books for the two years and I just sat it in my room. Mm. So if I was not in class, I went to class, I played soccer and I went home and I just studied. On Saturdays, I'll wake up, I'll have breakfast and I'll go into my room, I'll lock my door. And I'll study from like 10 a.m. to like one in the morning. So 10 a.m. all the way mm. to one. And I only stand up to go eat real quick, pee, stuff like that. Just yeah, that was it. And I just studied every day like that. The first mock exams, I didn't know anything because it was new to me. I'm like, I don't remember any of these things. But by the time the exam came, you know, about four or five months later, I ended up with A's, right? Yeah. I put in all that work because I was like, this is my own. I, was, I, I saw it as this is my last shot. Like I have mm-hmm. to pass this. I have to pass my SATs. I have to do, I have to do everything I can because I'm not quite sure if I'll have this shot again. Yeah. Right. And, and that's how, and then from, with that kind of just like passion, even throughout my college, that's how I studied for everything. I just studied. I was like, this is the only shot I have. I have to always pass. So I graduated magna cum laude. Went to business school. I had a distinction because I was like, "This is the shot. Like, if this doesn't work out, this is gonna really hurt, right?" Like, <laughs> so I, you know, so there's obviously the hard work, but then again, along the way, I've had people help, right? They've had this like little help, like the coach that came the scholarship when he came to see me play, the timing I was there and he saw me and it, it worked out that he liked me and you yeah. know those little things could have been someone else. He might not say, "Man, I said no," or my boss that paid for me to go to business school because we had a good relationship and he just saw a lot of, I don't know, he saw potential in me for some reason. Mm. Like, no, yeah. you should, I'll, I'll help you with the finances for this. Yeah. And then I went to business school. Like, why did I get that particular job? And then he was the one that paid. I could have gotten a different job and that wouldn't have happened. Yeah, yeah. Right? And then like, I met my co-founders. <laughs> I met my co-founder, like my co-founders that I started this company with, Gabe. He was the first person that was hired onto my team. And then we formed a good relationship. And then years later, we are co-founders. Could have been someone else and it wouldn't have, mm. There's all been all these things, but yes, I've worked hard, but like, it's just amazing. What about these people that come into your life that just changes all these things and makes the story yeah. different and makes you and helps you be who you are today. And yeah. that's why I said that there's been a lot of luck too. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I get that. I get that. And, and in amongst all of this, um, is, there a, is there a single life lesson that you kind of come through with it? And you talked quite a few about a few things there, but is there one you kind of go, do you know what, that's, that's what I've learned from life so far. And, and that's where I'm kind of 
that's what I keep striving towards or keep learning from. Yeah, I mean, I, resilience. You, it's one of the things, right? You, 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 you have to. You have to. I, also, I guess it sounds. It sounds a bit. Sometimes like, oh, you know, you can't, you can't give up. You, you have to keep going. Like, sounds interesting. Where you just say something like, oh, it's easy to say, right? Like, but you just can't. Like, you have to have that dream. Have a dream, whatever that is. Like, if there's a vision, a dream. Like, why, why not have it, right? Like, some might be like, oh, that's crazy. Like, you, you're not even in school. You're dreaming about starting a company in America. So actually, someone actually did laugh at me about that, actually. Yeah, really sure. Yeah. Actually, really happy. Like, what are you saying? Like, <clears throat> adults, full-grown adult men. I remember this guy. He laughed. And he even said to my, my parents, like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> because he talked to me, and I was like, hey, this is what I want to do. It was yeah. crazy. Right, like, what were you talking about? Like, you're not even in school, and you're talking about going to America. Like, you're talking about having this, like, you about these dreams. Like, this, like, but it, but you can't. Regardless, that's his problem, not mine. Right? Yeah, that's yeah, his yeah. problem. Like, that's his. That's what yeah. you do with me. I believe in what I believe, and I know this is what my dream is. And I, you just keep going at it, and you cannot give up. Yeah, yeah. And, and my life is a testament to that. Like, it, the things oh, I okay. dreamt about in 2007 happened yeah. now. Right. Yeah, so, absolutely. And what yeah. was what what do you think was the the spark that gave 2007 or even like 2005 or forward, Joseph, the, the view that I could do these things? Was it sort of the nurturing your parents gave you or was it an inspirational character from from your school life or what made you think? Yes, that's that's for me. That's what I want to do. Yeah, I mean, my parents had a lot to do with it, for sure. Um, you know, like, yeah, my, you know, my. Yeah, my, both my parents um, live so much in education um, uh, and educated themselves as well. Um, my mom's a linguist, my dad's, my dad's a business uh, analyst. But I think, so they, yeah, they've always, you know, my mom always say something like, you know, like, you can do it. <laughs> Anything, you can do it, like, you can do it. So there's always been that. But, you know, I had like really, some really cool people in my, in my circle, like, you know, in our community some friends, um, some cousins that, that also believed that you could do those things. Like, you know, and I saw them do things that they set out to do when mm-hmm. initially it, didn't, it, it looked impossible, right? Like they did those things. And, and so seeing that in my community, oh, he, wait, what, he did that? Like two years ago, he was here. And then he's, he started this successful business and he was telling us that he was going to do it. Like you start, you start to see these little things happening. Like, why can't I do it myself? Right? Like, yeah. Like, and so it was the as I was lucky to be around people that said they told me. I remember my cousins that would tell me, "I'm going to do these things." And then two, three years later, they did it, and I saw that. And my parents would always say, "You should do it. You can do yeah. it. You can do it." My mom would always say that to me. And so at that point, you're like, "You're like, okay, well, what, what am, what is, what is it that I'm going to do?" Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, okay. And my mom would always tell me, "If you have a vision, just write it down." And it might sound crazy to someone that reads it, but write it down and and then just go at it she said that and so that's what i just did and <laughs> yeah. wow that's incredible and and now joseph you're that you're that role model that other people in your communities saying well do you remember joseph and he said he was going to do this and now look where he is he's in new york in america yeah. running his own business i mean that yeah. you are now the, the role model for others incredible 
yeah, it's no, it's a dream to be that. I mean, I have, yeah, oh, cousins, friends, like, you know, people like back home, like, like oh my gosh, they did this and that. Yeah. And so, yeah, and for me, it's like, I, I'm like, well, my job is to really just keep encouraging people, like, yeah, you can yeah. do it. Like, yeah, anyway, I can help. You can do it. You can do it. You can do yeah, that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, wow. It's a privilege. Yes. And I'm sat here, Joseph. I'm, I'm smiling and beaming because your energy and, and the, the sort of your resilience. Mm-hmm. To, to stay true to your dream is really clear and it's like it's, it's it's giving me a little bit of energy as well actually so incredible stuff um so so thinking about more practical things now if we, if we can come down to earth a little bit more yeah. um so so what's what's your what does your day look like joseph just for as a, as a leader as a as a as an owner and a co-founder in an organization what is your what's your daily routine yeah um so you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit here and be like, you know, there's, there, there are leaders that get on, and I don't know if they're lying, I don't know if they're telling the truth to each own. Well, I sleep like four hours, I wake up at three in the morning. I'm like, no, I'm still sleeping at three. I don't like, I, you know, I try and get. I mean, I don't, I get like six hours of sleep. Right? Yeah. So, you, and that's usually enough, right? So usually I'm up seven, right, yeah. somewhere there, and um, and then you know, I usually take my time, like I. I take my time in the morning. I usually, I always have tea every morning. Like it's, it's a, yeah. <laughs> so I have tea, yeah. I, have, I have like some eggs or, or, or a muffin or something like that. Yeah, and then yeah. usually, usually I start working usually immediately. So take my time, like get up, get up, get ready, have some tea. Um, you know, I just come and sit, pretty much sit here. Yes. Um, you know, I start working, I have the meetings I need to have, and I just work. Um, usually I'd have lunch late. I have late lunch sometime two, three, somewhere there, sometimes four. Yeah. Um, and then I work till about eight, nine, maybe somewhere okay. there. Um, and then at that point I take a break. Um, I go, I usually would exercise, uh, I do the calisthenics. So I run, um, um, yeah, stuff like that. And I like to take walks. So like, let's say I don't, I don't I usually just go out and take a walk. So I take a walk yeah. or I run or I do calisthenics. Um, I come back, I might watch an episode of a show or yeah. something like that while I have yeah. dinner to kind of get my mind off of work. Yes. And then I go back to work for a little bit, maybe check up a few, you know, set up a few things for the next day and then pretty much get ready for bed. And then I usually would read. Mm. Uh, um, read. So right now I'm, I'm reading the Dune series, um, book three. Um, so I read like, so that way, at least I stop thinking about like my computer and stuff like that. And I go to bed. Yeah. So really that's what my routine has been like, you know, other, you know, before this, we like found that like, it was a little bit different for COVID. Like, you know, you, you're hanging out with people, you're doing this, yeah. but usually I usually would hang out with, with, during the weekends, usually at this point now. Um, so it's, you know, I think the startup life is really all consuming. My life is really around just trying to build this right now. It's going to change in time, but yeah. right now, most of my time just goes to building the company. Yeah. Yes. So it's pretty much that. Cool. Okay. So you're you're busying yourself obviously all day, mm. uh, but you're also finding time for yourself in amongst wow. all of this to turn your brain off from from work, mm. um, and that and that so important even mm. more so when you're in a startup because as, as you say, there's all of these stories of leaders that wake up at three o'clock in the morning or they sleep in the office, and and it's and it's confusing sometimes for people coming up into businesses and creating their own businesses as to what's the what's the right model but I suppose what I'm hearing from you is you've got to be comfortable that it's right for you and you know you you talk about taking your time in the morning well that that suits you and of course 
if you're doing things that suit you, then you have the best chance of being successful for the rest of the day because you've done the things that you know make you feel good. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, every you know, when you talk to a lot of founders that become successful, again, we are far from that. We are still on the journey there. When you talk to all the successful founders, and it's almost like the stories become a myth. <laughs> it's like it's like I woke up at three, exercise for like four hours, and I read two books. Like this motivational thing, like yo, like stop lying to people that are coming. Like I know successful people. None of the people do that. <laughs> like right, like like how do you? How can you? sustain three hours of sleep for four, five, 10 years. No ways, you're human. Stop lying to people. Like, just like, just be honest, right? <laughs> so, so I think it's just what it is. Like, I just, so for me, I just did what is good for me. I know, like, I know at this point, I know my body, six hours is optimal. So I sleep, I make sure at least I try and get that. Eight hours is too much for me, personally. Six yeah. hours, so I get, at least I try and get that. If I get less than six, I can function. I'm not crisp, but I can function, but it's not yeah. great. And I have to get a little bit more the next day, like, you know. So I'm just saying this. Are people that are listening? I've been like, okay, this is fine. He's mm. he's he's normal. Like he's a human. He gets good <laughs> amount of sleep. He tries and takes the exercise. He eats, you know, stuff like that. Rather than trying to make your story sound like a myth, I'm human. Yeah. Like, that's then that's it, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a great point. Um, you don't want to become an Instagram sort of story or a meme oh. as a as a result of it, do you? Um, yeah. It sounds like you've got a really good daily routine and really well balanced as well. Um, and, and just taking the, the, the topic onto, you know, maybe more serious matters as well then. So there's a lot that we talk about um, around bias these days. So whether it be sort of conscious or unconscious bias. Mm-hmm. And do you think from what you're experiencing and what you've experienced and what you're looking for into the future, do you think that bias in, in all of its forms um, is something that we'll see gone by the next generation, or do you do you think it's with us because it's a, it's a human condition? What do you think? <clears throat> I don't. I don't mean to sound sound, but I, I think it's always going to be. I think it's with us, right? I, it's always been there. I'm, you know, re- reading. I was reading like. I read this book, um, *Sapiens*. I think it was maybe two years ago. Okay. Yeah. And you've seen the history of <laughs> like the human. <laughs> It's well written, well written, mm. like very dense, but and really, you just look, so you're reading all these stories, you're like, oh my gosh, like there's always been bias, like it's always been violence, it's always been bias, it's always been all these things. And so, you know, obviously like, you know, so, so I think, I think biases would always be with us, but I, I think to, to add to that, um, we as people can, take steps to make sure that the next generation is less biased or at least is more self-aware of their bias and not taking steps to de-bias their decision-making processes yes and 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 and, and so the fact that we know that there's always going to be some level of bias shouldn't stop us from striving Mm. to make the next better in the way we the way we work with people and the way we make decisions around work and the way we if you have children train them and, 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 and teach them, right? So uh, that's what it is for me, right? Equitable, for example, we wanna make sure that the decision-making process around employees are as de-biased as possible. And how do we do that? Well, it's by giving you data 
to make the decision. So you're seeing the data and you're like, okay, rather than making using your gut feeling, because your gut feeling can be wrong. Yeah. It's oftentimes wrong. Uh, and so especially when you're talking about 250, 300, 1,000 people, 2,000 people, how can you have, how can you know? So data helps you and you can see that data and make decisions. And then that way, your decision making is less biased. I mean, as more and more companies adopt this, then work can become less biased. But now in life as well, how can we do that? Well, it's by having such conversations with, with our communities, with our friends, with our children. And then I mean, that next generation, there's some things that they know now that we didn't learn until later in life. Yeah. They already know it from the beginning. And then they keep teaching their own kids and, stuff, and it continues. And so it gets to a point whereby five generations from now, there'll be a lot less or a lot more aware of those biases and know how to mitigate than where we are today. Yeah. So that's kind of how I think about that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and for what, what it's worth, I, I've got to a place where I just think if you are open to listening to people, but also open to realizing that you did something wrong, that you were biased in a situation, but you're open enough for somebody to point that out to you and, and you kind of go, oh, wow. Yeah, do you know, do you know what? I was. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, intrinsic. So f- for me, you know, growing up in the Welsh Valleys, there wasn't an awful lot of diversity. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I have learned bias through, mm-hmm. throughout my life, mm-hmm. um, but, but I've, got to, I've got to accept that mm-hmm. and accept that I will be wrong. I will be biased in, in, in some form, but... To, to call call that out in others and, and accept that it will be called out to me and hold my hand up and say, yeah, yes, I was. That's that's a learning opportunity for me because I'm opening my mind up to that to that opportunity. And that's what I'm learning, you know, speaking to good people like yourselves and others on this podcast, that that's that's an opportunity for me to learn. Absolutely. And that's such a that's such a, an incredible mindset. I mean, I'm back because everyone has that. Everyone has a bias of some sort. Like if you came out to me and told me you're not biased, then you're a liar, right? <laughs> and, so, and so everyone does. And so that mindset of like saying, you know what, like accepting, even though so a lot of times it's, it's, you know, you cringe when someone tells you you, you did that wrong. That's, you know, mm. you don't want to hear that. But I think the ability for people to just hear it and accept and say, you know what? Yeah. If more and more of us can keep doing stuff like that, yeah, I think we'll be all right. <laughs> I think we'll be all right. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, so, so, so keeping with this kind of future look then, Joseph, mm-hmm. um, so, so if you're, you know, back to 2007, you were like, yeah, this is what I want to do. Are you now thinking, you know, 10 years ahead and, and you know, where, where next for you? What, what have you written down in your diaries that you can look <laughs> back again on? What, where, where's Joseph in the future? Yeah, so, you know, one of the things that I've always wanted to do um, is really invest in education okay. um, um, back in the continent, in, back in Africa, Nigeria specifically, but the continent as a whole. Um, yeah, I really invest in, in education and you know, help people that really a lot of times could not afford school. I mean, I've seen, mm. I've been through, of course. Because, you know, and then help them become people. Um, some, you know, someone that can also help their families. And, and so I've had that vision for, again, for a while now. And, and so, you know, for me, creating a startup and, you know, trying to be successful and, and make really money is because I want to be able to take those things and invest back into, into the communities. 
Um, there are so many uh, stories, and I'm, I'm already doing some of those investments already. That, but I want to do them on a larger scale because there are, I mean, there are so many brilliant people back home. I know stories of people in some of our communities whereby it's like, oh yeah, that kid was really smart, but he or she couldn't afford to um, pay for college to go to school and. And, they, and so they end up maybe going to go do a trade. And again, nothing wrong with doing a trade if that's what you want to do. Yeah. But a lot of times you talk to some of those people, they actually will prefer to go to school. Yes. So how can we create a process um, whereby you can actually fund those educational things? Because now that, you know, that person has a mind to do engineering or law or data science or any of those things. If they can do it, they can probably improve the economics, the economic circumstance for their families and then in turn also help other people. So you do it for enough people as this ripple effect that happens in the community as well, mm. whereby you know people are people are um, taken out of poverty and become you know yeah. become you know um, help people other people to come out of poverty as well. So that's for me that's really one of the things I want to do in the future. Really invest heavily into that, and I have some ideas of how that that I will do it. But that's when when I look at you know five ten years from now, that's where really my heart is. And that's what <clears> I'm doing. Yeah. So that's what I would say. Well, I mean, what a what a sort of circle to close, actually, Joseph. <laughs> you personally, you know, that's a that's a real personal mission, and I can see I can see that, and yeah. I'm certain that that's that's something that that you'll achieve, actually. So, um, um, what a, what a, what a what a way to sort of pay back and to and to give back into your community that you know inspired you and, and supported you in, in in your dreams, and now you're you're creating more josephs in the future as well that's that's pretty amazing yeah awesome. i have a question for you yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah so uh well two questions so one is what was your earliest memory <laughs> i just <laughs> want to hear that and then for you like throughout your own life what is the thing that you've learned the one thing that you've learned that has like taken you through as well like because i like to like you you're hearing about me but like I yeah. want to hear that from you so I can take that learning as well for myself. Ooh, yeah, I'm very, I'm very, very open to that, Joseph. Um, I think one of my earliest memories um, isn't isn't that early actually, but but and it, but it's timely for this time of year. So obviously we're <clears throat> we're celebrating Easter in the UK mm-hmm. this weekend, and, and I'm not a I'm not a religious person, but I re- always remember my mum taking me to church on Easter Sunday. Uh, I remember it because we would have chocolate eggs given to us. Uh, <clears throat> so, so it was the experience of, and we didn't, we didn't have chocolate often. You know, we yeah. weren't, we weren't, um, we weren't a, a, a family with lots of money. Um, mm. You know, my my dad was a nurse, and my mum looked after us. So, it was very much kind of take what you're given. So, we would go to church, and, and we would have this this sort of chocolate egg. And I remember particularly this year they were they were these like chocolates within the egg as well so that was kind of like a almost like a double treat so yeah. you sit through the you know the, the the church sermon going on just waiting patiently <laughs> impatiently i should say for your for your chocolate egg yeah and to experience the joy of eating chocolate as a child so that was my first memory um as, as far as the, the thing that kind of I, I kind of go through the the I, I I agree with you that the resilience thing is is has been really important for me as well, um, but I think more than anything it's and it, and this is going to sound a little bit cheesy and a little bit corny but that you arrive in places 
for a reason. Mm. So, so things happen, whether you, um, you know, you, you lose a job, you are made redundant, or you don't perform as well as, as you could have done, and therefore they ask you to leave, or, or something's gone wrong. And, and, and at every point uh, in my career, I look back and I kind of go, well, wow, if that didn't happen, that bad thing at mm-hmm. the time, if that didn't happen, I wouldn't be where I am now. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes the bad thing happens and you do a lot of self-reflecting and you kind of do a lot of um, learning from that. But I, I always think that whatever happens, it's happening for a reason. And I'm not, I'm not a religious person, but, but it's mm-hmm. certainly, and it's, I don't even know whether it's spiritual, but it's more of a, there's something happening. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and, and my next step is happening because that's what, what it's meant to be for me. Mm, yeah does that make sense oh absolutely makes sense and i subscribe to that i subscribe to that that's awesome thanks for sharing that yeah no no worries joseph thanks for asking me the question so so listen that's that's the end of the podcast we've whizzed through that and i can say with you know absolute certainty that the people listening to you talking today will will take a huge amount from your journey your story your passion your enthusiasm your need i would say need and want to give back to your community um and you know how how your resilience has got you to where you are now and and how you're looking to give that back to others so thank you so much for giving up your time today and sharing that with others it's been incredible thanks for having me this is this is so great i appreciate it thank you joseph so as always everyone thank you for choosing to listen to what the future If you enjoyed this episode, then please hit the subscribe button and tell others about us. And finally, you know, mentoring is such a hugely valuable step on the leadership journey. And we at Future Leaders are here to help to make a difference with that. If you feel the same way, please get involved. Tap the join us button on our webpage, which is www.futureleadersmentoring.com. Um, or and follow us on LinkedIn and and jump in on the conversations. But for now, um, goodbye, and I will speak to you all soon.